0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the humility episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so that you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. Hey. That was a bit of a longer episode, Pastor
1: Joel. It was. There, I think one of the things that we really hit at though is one of the foundational issues that has to do with all the damage that we experience through church. Mm-hmm. I think a lot a lot of it stems from a person's ability to either be humble or are they in pride.
0: Yeah, and that was good. So why, why was this a topic that we went after? Cause it seems like we were doing more of like, you know, marriage, divorce, like th- those seem to be more of like topical conversations. Why did we decide to go at humility?
1: Well, one of the reasons is because of how we were able to use humility as an application for the marriage episodes. Mm. Um, Knowing that instead of doing an entire episode on remarriage, we had already touched in it on the divorce episode. We touched, I think we even touched on the sex before marriage when we talked about the definition of marriage and then the definition of divorce. We talked about some of the implications of getting married again. But it all came back down to, in order to get remarried, I need to be humble if I want that second marriage to actually be profitable. So that was where, instead of doing, because we'd already touched on remarriage in a couple other episodes, I didn't think we needed to do an entire episode on remarriage when it could just be part of a greater episode. Mm -hmm. And then through the prep of getting this, this uh, episode ready realizing that humility is a great topic to discuss. And it has caused a lot of damage in the church, not necessarily as a topic. Like it's not a top humility. Hasn't been a way. People been hurt a misapplication and a misdefinition of humility has been.
0: Okay. Awesome. So let's jump into the conjunctive here. Um, we presented the strict side the limitation side of the conjunctive can you can you explain to us like how you were seeing the contradiction you know the contradiction in the limitation side of the conjunctive
1: yeah so the the definition of humility either not being able to be explained at all is an issue that's going to be a contradiction right bingo there. right if i tell someone to be humble but can't explain what it means I'm being
0: right, because that's, okay, you want me, Pastor Joel, to be humble. Okay, what do you mean, Pastor Joel, by that? And you go, you can't explain it? Right. Boom, contradiction. Right. Well, then how can I be humble? Boom, Right. got it.
1: The other way is if I have the wrong definition. And that's what we see a lot is if the definition is explained, oftentimes, especially in the damaging form, humility is tied to being wrong. So that's when... That's where the contradiction there is easily exposed when Jesus is brought up into the mix. Okay. Because in order for humility to be defined in a non-contradictory fashion, it has to account for the fact that Jesus was humble. We also know Jesus wasn't wrong. So humility, therefore, can't mean anything with being wrong. Jesus was never wrong. Yeah. But he was humble. And what we can, so we can see if I, if I have the right definition of humility, it has to account for those things. So the ability to consider another perspective, including that I could be wrong, Hmm. is something Jesus could and did do. We see this in the garden when he's praying.
0: There you go. Awesome.
1: You know, he's like, Father, if this cup could pass, if there's any other way I could do this, but your will be done. Jesus is there considering another perspective, other even other than what the Father wants him to do. Like, Father, is there another way this can happen? Not that I don't want to do this, not that I'm not going to step into this, but, ooh, this is going to hurt. Is there another cup I could drink? Nevertheless, your will be done.
0: Wow. And so we definitely hit on... I really like... You know, the conflict in the church of being these pastors, these leaders, these bosses say like having to be the smartest person. Right. Where does it where does that come from? Where is this where is this belief that the pastor has to be the smartest? Where does that come from?
1: Well, I think we see it in scriptures with Solomon was this guy who was the wisest man and also the leader of, of Israel at the time. But even that, where did that desire to come from? I think there is this burden we tend to put on ourselves of not being wrong. It's like God's right and just, but for some reason we all try to be right and just too. Like it's our burden to bear. Mm. And where this comes down, like no one wants to be wrong. And for some reason, us as humans have somehow connected... Being the smartest person, or which really is more about be, being the person who's never wrong, must mean I'm the guy who's in charge, the guy who can tell people what to do. If I'm never wrong, you can't tell me what to do. Right. So I think it comes down more to, more to not be, wanting to be told what to do and not wanting to be wrong.
0: And so if there's someone else who's, if I'm the leader and there's someone else who's smarter than me, then there, that means that there's someone there to show me that I'm wrong.
1: Right, and now I'm in, I'm in danger of losing my position. So it's about this power being in charge, mm-hmm. you know, being the authority, being the guy who doesn't answer to anybody. Oh.
0: Um, and then oh, I loved when we were talking about the, this the seniors, the upperclassmen. Right. You know, I was thinking as we were filming where it's just the church. I think a lot of people leave the church because of how much drama is in the church and how people aren't getting along and how, you know, the, the leadership is abusing people that are under them Yes. in order to teach, like to teach humility, right? It's, I do that in quotes, teach humility. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it is. And it's. It is this warped version of humility. It's like, so I've already been humble. Now it's your turn to be humble, and I can deceive myself into thinking I'm being humble because I'm quote unquote helping you be humble. Right. But it is just this boss mentality, and it's and it's not actually helping anybody.
0: That's awesome. So that's where it's really, really crucial and important that we have the right definition. Correct. Of humility. Yes. And it is the ability to consider that you're wrong, the ability to consider another perspective, even that you could be wrong, which is something that comes from within the person. So how do you, how would you teach? Well, this brings up a question. How would you teach someone how to be humble?
1: The first thing I would do is I would have that person define their own worldview. Mm. In order to consider a perspective different from what I hold to be true, I need to know what I believe. So the first step is try to figure out what do you believe? What's your definition for the key words that make up your faith, that make up your belief system? And then I would ask them to be able to consider a perspective different than what they hold to be true. But that's the first step is, can I explain what I believe?
0: Is there a time where you do actually have people define what it is that they believe?
1: Yes, we do. At Music Life Church, Kimberly, we have our restoration process, which we use to help people learn to bear their own burden. Another way we say that is we help people gain control of their lives because you can't give up control if you're not in control. Right. We're ultimately trying to get to a place where we give up control to God, right? But we need to be in control first. And me saying the the first step of me being humble is to define what I believe is actually a step of being in control. So when we help people in our restoration process, before they even start in the enrollment, mm. we send them a list of something like 20 to 25 words that they have to define. Before we teach them what God teaches in his word we ask them to define these key words like what's your definition of god's nature of love of forgiveness of mercy prayer all these different words we teach first they have to define them themselves and and we encourage them we it's it's interesting how hard that can be for people even when we are very forthright with this attitude we have of you're not going to be held to these words you're not going to be held to your definitions. We're not going to judge you for it. It doesn't matter if, at this point, it doesn't matter if they're right. But in order for me to grow and learn, I need to. I need to have the ability to find out where I'm wrong. That's how human beings grow and learn: is by finding where I, where we're wrong.
0: Right. That's awesome. So if someone's been hurt by the strict perspective. By someone that either doesn't have a definition, or they've had um, the definition of humble means uh, someone in authority proving that you're wrong or less intelligent than them. If someone's been hurt by that, the first question to ask them is, "What did you learn was the definition of humility? What were you taught the definition of humility is?" And by showing them the definition of humility it actually can help them heal right because it can it can show how people were teaching them the definition or not are not explaining the definition of humility correctly which was prideful and cause damage
1: absolutely and uh, i think you know what all, all the the ways we help people with thought process comes down to definitions. Nice. The getting the right definitions of words actually heals your brain. It actually makes your thought process cleaner. It makes the trees that make up all these connections we have yeah. a lot healthier and, and easier to navigate.
0: Yeah. That was cool. I, I And I appreciate you letting me share the story of the car ministry because that was a time that there was a lot of definitions that were going on. The word ministry, you know, the difference between the church and the world. There was a lot of definitions. We we're asking this guy about whether he believed it was right and just for how it was handled. And, dude, that whole thing just really rattled me. Oh, yeah. That whole interaction. Um, and it really kind of it put a sour taste in my mouth for, you know, again, for people in... A quote leadership position.
1: Yeah. These people we're supposed to look up to are not we're learning are our people we maybe shouldn't be.
0: Yeah. So. Let's say I do have an answer. And I do feel like someone who's an uh, an elder is wrong. How ought I to approach them? in humility because you know I see someone who's older than I am I want to show them respect but they're so clearly wrong (laughs) right and if I if I just ask them a question or go at them it's not necessarily for their benefit that I do that like right away so is so my question to you pastor Joel is how would I approach someone who's an elder in humility, and a lot of times what people will say, with well, like, in humility meaning um, meekly. Right. Not forcefully. Like, real
1: nice. Yeah,
0: nicely. Yeah. So how do I do that?
1: Well, the word does say to come alongside an elder, to not rebuke them, not to sharply, directly confront them, but to come alongside them. Hmm. So one of the ways that, that I would do that is if I was gonna confront an elder in an area is maybe before getting to the area I wanted to confront them in, I could have a conversation with them about how they would want me to confront them. That's something I learned from you. Something you did to the founding pastor of Measg Church is how would you want me to come alongside you and confront you in an area? And it gave that pastor an opportunity to share with you What it would take for them to hear you. Yeah. And ultimately, what this is coming down is a deeper, a deeper part of this defense strategy. Because what we're ultimately trying to get down to is another question we can ask is, is it possible you could be wrong? And that's essentially what we're doing, what we'd be doing with these elders is I'm not going to touch on this specific area I want to confront you in. What I want to do is, is it possible you could be wrong? And if so. If they say no, then then you really don't have a, you may as well not even bother confronting them. Right. But if they say yes, then you say, okay, how would I be able to do so if you were wrong? What would be your measure? Mm. That would give this pastor the opportunity to tell you, well, if you do this, this, and this, I'll hear you. And, you know, some of the answers that I've heard are, um, You know, we need to hang out for 45 minutes first before you bring up a topic that's confrontational. Or, you know what? If you show me in the word of God an area where I'm wrong, I'll hear you right away. Mm. Or if you show me, yes, it's possible that I'm wrong. If you see a contradiction in my beliefs, I'd want you to show that. That would show me where I'm wrong. So those are measures. But ultimately, coming alongside these elders and showing them respect and trying to honor them. That would be what I'd say is in humility is I'm going trying to understand the person. Nice. Not necessarily with the intent of I'm going to show this person that they're wrong.
0: Because that would be doing the same thing that I had an issue with, with these, these pastors did to me.
1: Right. And, yeah. and ultimately, if we're just trying to understand each other and what we believe, and we're open to having those conversations about where we could have contradictions... An effect, will be, we'll find out where we're wrong through growing and understanding one another. We don't have to sit and have my intention be, I'm going to show you where you're wrong. It can just be, let's grow in understanding one another. Let's have these great discussions. And a result of those discussions is we find out where we differ in our beliefs because we all have different beliefs. No one believes all the same things, right. which means we're all wrong. Because right. none of us have the same beliefs as God. Yeah. So if we just have these healthy conversations where we're open to something different than what than what I already hold to be true, if I'm open to something different than the biases I already have, then a result will be a really healthy conversation where I might find areas where I'm wrong in and I don't have I don't have to guard against that. Wow.
0: Yeah, so this so going to the well, let's talk about Pastor Dick. Pastor Dick's mm, call. Yeah. What why did you go the way that you went with Pastor Dick?
1: So he he was a good example of what this looks like for these the the elder, right? The elder example we had of of basically because I've already been humble, I don't have to I've I've served my time. Yep. And And it is this backwards way of being humble of like my job now is to help you be humble. Yeah. But this was, you know, basically being able to take his perspective and, and really show it is this backwards way of humility of I'm deceived if I think the ability to see another perspective is when I go and have a conversation with somebody else and, Show them another perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's really what he's saying is, oh, I'm humble. I'll show you a different perspective. I'll show you where you're wrong. (laughs) That's not humble. No. Is it a benefit? Sure, Pastor Dick. If you show me where I'm wrong, if you show me another perspective, great. But that's not him being humble. That's me being humble. Right. So that's why, you know, and then, you know, I went and just basically... I, I basically took that perspective and and that's where we got to uncover a lot more of this um, marriage and divorce issues that we covered in previous episodes. So I was happy he brought that perspective because it did get us to to talk more about what it would require a person to get remarried. And again, it would take humility. This person would need to be able to consider not where was my spouse wrong, Mm -hmm. Even if they were more wrong than you, both parties were wrong in Mm -hmm. at least one area. Man. And if I find that and I'm willing to change that area, then the next marriage I have has a much greater opportunity to succeed.
0: Nice. Yeah, I love that. So then we have the loose perspective. Um, And it's, Just really, that's a really frustrating perspective for me because it's almost like, so it's almost like there's nothing that I can say to that person that will, that I can do to help them. Right. They're, they are humble. God knows their heart and they are unable to consider another perspective other than that.
1: The old, yeah, I'm unable to consider another perspective apart from the fact that I'm always able to consider another perspective. right? God knows my heart, right? You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what I believe. So it is really just a strategy to get people off their back. Get people away from asking me these deep questions that expose what's really going on. God knows my heart. right. Just really don't don't try to get to the intentions. You know, unfortunately, but there,
0: are, and that's honestly <clears throat> someone saying, "My intentions are good. Yeah. My intentions are always good, and God knows that. So leave me alone. Don't ask me any questions."
1: Yes, and the, and unfortunately, what that person, what I believe that person isn't considering, is that they, when they say that, they have put themselves in a position to never be able to be frustrated with someone else's behavior Mm. because they have to give everybody else that same standard of living. They would have to be a person that always assumes everyone's intentions are honorable. Sounds like a great way to live. Like that would be amazing. Unfortunately,
0: if you get cut off in traffic one time,
1: can't get mad at the guy or, or gal.
0: God knows his heart.
1: God knows his heart. Maybe God told him to cut you off. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. And that's why the unconscious confrontation. I love that. Just flip it.
1: Yep. Just flip it on him and walk away.
0: Wow. So helping people. That's what we always say. It's like, you know, one of my favorite techniques to help people is to flip the pronouns. If you don't know what to do with someone in these situations, or if, if you're helping someone who's been hurt by this topic, teach them how to flip the pronouns, right. help them understand, just turn it around. If, if someone's going, Hey, all of the limitation, all of the burden, all of that is on you. And they start to dump all of that onto you, then flip it around and say, are you okay if I do that? Right
1: and then or it's it, it's also like your your car ministry story too another really really easy strategy to help people with when they're dealing with somebody who's abusing them is just simply asking them is that right of you to do that is mm-hmm. that right is that right do you believe that's right that's a simple question i can ask that and just walk away yep and it usually slows people down especially people who don't have good intentions
0: it did and in the car in the car ministry example it was i mean it was sad because it did expose someone's like nope i'm not going to answer i'm not even going to answer if it's right or just
1: it ended the conversation it was over yep
0: so awesome so then we talked about obviously this is all about the why right so going past what humility is and you know, a a wrong definition or the lack of a definition to why the topic is important.
1: Yeah, and and I love the evangelism example because this this goes back to this is the heart of of the ministry of a Christian. Right, go out and make disciples in all nations. Evangelism is so important for all of us to learn the right way to do it, with the right attitude, with the right thought process, in humility and. If I'm trying to convince someone of a belief system they don't hold to be true, I better be willing to at least consider a belief system different than what mine is. And I and I get it. As a Christian, oftentimes why Christians don't exhibit humility is because, well, because what we believe is right.
0: <laughs> right, right. What
1: we believe is true. Mm-hmm. Which again gets back to so I already served my time in the in the humble crowd. Mm. Now I believe what's right, so I don't have to be anymore.
0: I was I once was blind, and now I see. Right, and now there's now that I see, there's no more blindness, no more areas. I'm done.
1: Yep, I I see clearly, and and all these other people don't. So now it's my job to help them see too. But you know, we walk through these these different ways it's exhibited and. And this is one of the one of the topics I love discussing as as it relates to these three categories or what what we know what we're seeing in the what the flock episodes is what what we would say in these episodes mm-hmm. is really in line with um self-esteem right And this humility is a really interesting one to go through these mm. different self- esteems mm-hmm. because what we see a lot of people deal with is really how they handle being wrong
0: nice yeah.
1: And, you know, people with a low self-esteem are just, they are people who just, they don't want to be shown where they're wrong. Why? Because you show me where I'm wrong makes me feel worse about who I am. But that's where the issue and why we feel bad for those people is it's not about being shown where you're wrong. Yes, we should handle that well. And we are wrong, we should know how to find out where we're wrong. but but this goes back to do you even know what the definition of humility is or how to apply it to your life? It's just having the ability to consider it. Can you consider it? So we feel bad for people who who just don't have the ability to consider they're wrong because they're on right. a path that's just gonna end end poorly right We know the the people in the mid self-esteem area are the people who it's very much, Trying to trying to work out my human brain, right? hmm I try to learn more. I try to increase my knowledge. Even if it's stuff I don't know, I'm willing to consider a perspective I don't hold to be true. But I'm not actively looking for where those perspectives are showing me where I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. So we're just, we're humans. So we're gathering information right. that proves us right. You know, I'm I'm I go to a website that helps me discover the right definitions to the Bible. I don't I'm not rarely or rarely am I going to a website that says what are some biblical contradictions.
1: Oh no kidding. You know? Like
0: I I I have
1: this path that I wanna go on. Yeah. naturally I'm going to find the information that's going to help reinforce that.
0: Yeah, I have a story. There's something that I want to teach, something I want to explain. So what's the scripture that supports what it is that I want to teach? Right.
1: But we see these mint self esteem people are also people who have exhibited the ability to consider where they're wrong mm-hmm. or, or when they are proven wrong, they do admit it, but they're not actively looking for those things. Mm. So they have this tool, mm-hmm. but they only use it When someone, when they really, really need it Mm -hmm. or through experience. And then there's the high self-esteem people. And why we can see these are high self-esteem people is ultimately a high self-esteem person is going to be actively looking for where they're wrong. And they'll be glad to admit it when they are. This is the hooray, I'm wrong again story from reading your Bible. I was just
0: thinking about that. Yep.
1: And why am I so willing and able and maybe even excited to do that is because I know if I have a high self-esteem, I know being wrong is not does, not does not attribute to the person I am created to be. And in fact, being wrong gives me an opportunity to become more that person. Awesome. So that's where the high self-esteem doesn't see being wrong as equated to who I am as a person. Perfect.
0: Well, that's amazing. So then the ultimate answer.
1: It does go, it's the high self-esteem person, mm-hmm. right? It is this, consider at least one perspective that's the opposite of what you believe. And that's where, so this is what I love about that being the ultimate answer. Because we know humility is the ability to consider another perspective, including that you could be wrong. The so, that's the,
0: that, so that's the definition. Yes. Okay.
1: The ultimate application of that Uh is going to be finding at least one perspective that's the opposite. What's the ultimate version of humility Uh. is finding the opposite perspective of what I believe. Okay. That's going to take the most amount of maturity. Okay. The most humble person is going to find the perspectives that are the opposite of what they hold to be true.
0: Thank you, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.